Welcome to a fantastic word from Pastor Marcus Dunham, an associate pastor here at Golden Triangle Church on the Rock in Southeast Texas. We are so glad you're joining us. For more information about Golden Triangle Church on the Rock Ministries, visit our website, cotr.com. Enjoy the word. Well, it is good to see everyone here this morning. Merry Christmas. Uh, I'm aware it's Christmas Eve today, but uh, Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, Well, listen, guys, we're going to be jumping into the Word, and we're going to be in Matthew 2. We're going to be reading the Christmas story today, and um, we're going to be taking a break from our uh, our sermon series on the armor of God. And uh, the, the, the sermon title this morning is The Reason for the Season. The Reason for the Season. And uh, it is Christmas Eve, and what a day it is to be in church. It's, it's a joy to be in church on Christmas or Christmas Eve in the Christmas season. There's just something about it that's special. And uh, I love Christmas. It is uh, one of my favorite holidays between that and Easter. Um, I love Christmas, and I know that many of you do as well. You know, Christmas runs deep for me and my family. And, of course, initially it was about the gifts, you know, waking up. And, but, you know, as it's grown, you know, it's grown to more than that for me. But, you know, I... I love Christmas like you do. You know, I love spending time with the family. You know, getting to spend time with cousins and my, my kids getting to spend time with their cousins and traveling and seeing family. You know, um, uh, the, the giving of gifts. You know, watching my children open up their gifts. Watching my brother open up his gifts, you know. Watching my brother, you know, we had, you know, Christmas this past Thursday. And, and seeing his face when he opened, his, when he opened up that box. With a brand new pair of Jordans, you know, there. You know, he loves shoes, man. And they were, in a, they were in my daughter's box, so I fooled him. He was like, what is this? He was not ready for it, man. Just to see his face light up, man, I just love it. You know, um, uh, you know watching the kids open up gifts. You know, food. I love the food. Man, you know, you will, you will not believe what I cooked for Christmas this season, man. I just went off the walls. You know, uh, I'm just walking by the meat section trying to figure out what I wanted and those ribs were calling my name. So we had, we had barbecue ribs, pulled pork. We had, uh, I mean, you would have thought it was 4th of July, my home, man. But, man, we had so much fun with it because my kids love beans. They love meat. My brother and I love ribs. So we just went off the pole, man. It was so much fun, man. You know, we don't have to cook ham this season. You know, let's just have fun with it. So, you know, I, I love the food. I love the memories you get to make. I mean, come on. It's Christmas. And along with all those things... You know, uh, this, uh, the season of Christmas is meant to be a season of joy, a season of peace, a season of love and thankfulness, and even faith as we celebrate the birth of Jesus, the, the, uh, or specifically the, uh, the conception of Jesus, the conception of Christ. But we celebrate his birth. And um, as I mentioned, we're taking a break from our our, our series that we've been going through here in the first service uh, on the armor of God. And in, in respect to that, I thought it would be cool for us to use that same lens to look at the spiritual battle that was taking place in Christmas. 
In this series that we've been going through, we've been, uh, 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 you know, we've, uh, we've been looking at the importance for us to put on spiritual armor, understanding that as Christians, and just understanding that there is a spiritual battle that's happening around us in the spiritual realm. We, we don't see it, but it's there, and it's important for us to be armed. And, and understanding that there's a spiritual battle, again, I thought it'd be cool to look at the spiritual battle that was taking place in the Christmas story. So we're going to go to Matthew chapter 2. And uh, Jesus has already been born, okay? He was born in Bethlehem, and some things are taking place after that. So let's go ahead and read. We're going we're gonna to begin in verse 1. It says this, after, Je- after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he? Who has been born of the king of who's born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him, and assembling all the chief priests and the scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So uh, Herod hearing from these wise men that a king, a new king of the Jews was born, the Bible says that he was troubled, he was worried. And so he gathered together his scribes and gathered together his priests to find out, you know, is this true? You know, is this, you know, uh, you know what is this? And they, and they share uh, scripture from the prophet Micah 5.2, that, that indeed that there would be a, um, a shepherd, there would be a ruler who would be born in Bethlehem. Okay, so let's keep reading. Verse 7, he says, Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying this, Go, search diligently for the child. For when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So understanding what's happening, Herod sarcastically and basically just saying, hey, you know, go ahead and let me know whenever you guys come back where he's at so that we can come to worship him. But of course, that was not his intention. But the, the wise men on their journey, head to Bethlehem, and when they get there, the Bible says that they find the star and they get excited. And they go into the house, they go into the inn where Jesus is there with his mother, and the Bible says that they fell down and worshipped him. I mean, I love that picture, that snapshot. It, 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 to me, it speaks of the importance of keeping Jesus at the center, at the center of our home, the center of our life the center of our family, and at the center of Christmas. The importance, I love that when they stepped in, they fell down and they worshiped Jesus. You know, 
taking a moment in the midst of everything that we do in Christmas, there is a, an opportunity and a blessing when we can take a moment to, to recognize Jesus and to worship him in our heart, to honor him with our hearts in the middle of our Christmas season. It's important that we keep Jesus at the center of Christmas. But look at what verse 16 says. Matthew chapter 2, verse 16, it says this. Then Herod, when he saw that he had been tricked by the wise men, remember, they left another way. The Holy Spirit spoke to them to not go the same way. When he saw that they had, he had been tricked by the wise men, he became furious. And he sent and killed all the male children in Bethlehem and in all that region who were two years old and under, according to the time that he had ascertained from the wise men. Wow, that is something else. When he realized that he had been tricked, he did something drastic. What a sad outcome for Bethlehem and the surrounding area. A moment that was meant to be about joy and peace that was brought through the birth of Jesus became about the envy and jealousy of Herod. So much so that he was willing to do anything and everything to eliminate what he believed to be a threat to his throne. So he did the unthinkable, slaying baby, uh, male babies two years old and younger. And Bethlehem, and the Bible says, surrounding towns as well. Wow, that, that is crazy. That is, that is something else. So what would drive him to do something so evil? Because I would consider that to be evil. Absolutely evil. What would drive him to do something so evil? What would drive anyone to do something so destructive? In a season where peace on earth and goodwill to all men have become a reality, what would drive someone to be that evil? Well, the answer is actually really simple. God has a plan but so does the devil. God has a plan and so does the devil. Now, I know that you may have heard that before. You know, this is a credit, Pastor Ron, that I've been listening to your messages. It just, it just comes out. But, you know, I didn't coin that phrase. Pastor Ron has coined that phrase. We understand that God has a plan, but so does the devil. God's plan was that the Son of God would be sent to the earth. That he would be born a virgin, that he would live, die, be buried, but on, the, but on the third day be raised from the dead alive. His plan was that this little child would bring forgiveness to all mankind. His plan was that this child would open up the door for all and for everyone to be saved. However, the devil had a plan as well. And his plan was to do everything he could to remove Jesus from the picture. That was his plan. He wanted to do everything he could to remove Jesus from the picture. So what did he do? He enticed Herod. He enticed him. And he influenced him. And he made him believe that this newborn child was a threat to him. He made him believe that the best way to protect his throne was to eliminate this child, even if it meant killing innocent children 
in the process. Herod was not fulfilling God's plan. He was fulfilling the devil's plan that day. So sad. Now, as I mentioned before, along with the gifts, along with the food, along with the, you know, spending time with family, Christmas is meant to be a season of joy and peace and love and thankfulness. It's meant to be those things, and it's meant to be a season where we celebrate the birth of Christ along with all of those things. You know, it's, it's all a part of the tradition, but of course, at the same time, recognizing Jesus as the reason for the season. But if we're being honest, it does not take much for Christmas to become a season where we are stressed. Okay, I mean, if we're all being honest. Okay, it doesn't take much for us you know, to get in the mode of complaining and, and or, 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 or even impatience, you know, uh, frustration, anger. I mean, I mean, anybody know what I'm talking about? How about the Christmas traffic? Am I right? I, I, I don't know about you guys, but I really don't like traffic. I, I really don't. Man, I, I can't stand it, you know, uh, uh, the rush into stores, you know, in and out of stores. You know, you're just going to get something, but there's, there's this rush. People, people, you know, just, I mean, you know, it's, it's just the, the, the reaction of the season. You know, gifts being out of stock. You know, you order something on Amazon and now it's going to be here late. Or now they can't get it, you know. And, and so now you got to go and buy it from the store. But, but even they don't have it and it's out of stock. And, and now you're just frustrated because now you can't get what you were wanting. And because you know that somebody else is going to be disappointed. And then the people who are being rude and short with you because they're frustrated. I mean, anybody understand what I'm talking about? You know, it's, it's, it, it doesn't take much to get us. You know, for the season of Christmas uh, to, to, to get us in a different mode. You know, how about whenever family comes into town and there's that, that family drama that, that comes with it. I mean, we all know what that looks like. You know, at Christmas, as great as it is, it also has the opportunity, the potential of bringing out the worst in us at times. So how is it? That Christmas, the Christmas season that is meant to be filled with joy and peace, can also be a time of stress and frustration. The answer is simple. Because God has a plan for you and your family, but so does the devil. He is looking for an opportunity. You see, the God, God has a plan for you this season. He has a plan for all mankind. He has a plan for everyone. His plan is, that is for us to take this season that we would set our eyes on Jesus. That we, in the midst of everything with Christmas, that we would fix our eyes on Jesus. That's his desire. His hope is that he, peace would come to your home. That joy would be in your heart. That faith would rise up and that goodness and patience would, would, would visit your home. His desire is that there would be peace in your family, in your relationships. His desire is that you would be blessed this season. That is God's desire for you this Christmas, this season, at all times. But this season, that's his plan. But the devil, he wants to do the opposite. He wants to do everything he can to take our eyes off of Jesus. He wants to blind us. From God's blessings in our life. 
He wants us to feel cheated, to feel wronged, to feel mistreated, and like everything is going wrong. He wants to give us a reason to take our eyes off Jesus. That's his desire. He wants us to focus on the bad, to focus on the negative, to take our eyes off the blessings that we have because of Jesus. There is a real, uh, I mean, I, I just sense it. There is a real blessing. There is a real sense of joy and peace that comes with this you know, time of Christmas. I don't know what it is. It's just there. But the devil, he wants to flip it and twist it and twist what Christmas is all about. And this is because that is what he does. That is what he's always done. And in this series, uh, when we were talking about the armor of God, understanding that there is a spiritual battle that takes place in the spiritual realm, in the spiritual realm, and this battle is for the souls of men. And And the devil, he wants to do everything he can to lead our hearts away from Jesus. And in the Christmas story, we see the same thing. We see the same spiritual battle taking place and the devil doing everything he can to destroy Jesus. And when you keep reading through the Gospels, the devil continues to do what he can to try to tempt and deceive Jesus. He tries to kill Jesus. He's trying to do everything he can to remove Jesus from the picture. There was a spiritual battle taking place at that time. Now, here's the truth, is that the devil is defeated, and he will be defeated at the end of the day. When Jesus rose from the grave, it was done. The devil, he lost all his power. He is defeated, and one day he will be destroyed. That is the truth. Knowing that, he wants to do everything he can to take as many people he can with him. It shows us the importance of why it's so important to keep Jesus in the middle in this time of Christmas. For our children, for our children's children, understanding that his goal is to lead people away from God. And that's a terrible and a sad reality. But he's been doing it since the beginning of time. When God created man... The devil came as a serpent and he deceived, he deceived Eve into sinning and deceived Adam as well. Whenever God set himself up as the, as the one and true only God, what did the devil do? He set up idols to entice and deceive the people of Israel. When God created a new bloodline through Israel, what did he do? The devil tried to destroy it, whether it was Jacob and his brothers who tried to kill him. Whether it was Moses and Pharaoh trying to, when he tried, whenever he destroyed, in the same way that Herod did, that he killed babies and, 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 and male children, Moses was, was spared from that by the grace of God. How about David, who was, who, 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 was, who was almost killed by Saul? Saul made it his life mission to destroy Saul. That was the devil working behind, getting people to work with him. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. And it is no different in the Christmas story. Jesus was sent to the earth, was miraculously conceived through Mary. He was born in Bethlehem, the son of God who would take away the sins of the world. 
the one who was born as a child, peace on earth, goodwill to all men. Jesus, who was born, shepherds inspired by God, went to see Jesus. Wise men who were inspired by God went to see Jesus. Herod, who was inspired by the devil, tried to kill Jesus. We can see the spiritual battle there. You know, what was a moment of joy and peace turned into a time of mourning and pain. The devil was at war with God, trying to destroy what, he, what God meant for good. But the truth is that the devil, he didn't win. He didn't win then because the Bible tells us this, that Jesus went on to grow in stature. The Bible says that Jesus went on to begin his earthly ministry. The Bible says that Jesus went on to go to the cross, that he died, he was buried, and on the third day he rose from the grave. He, and then not only did he raise from the grave, but he ascended into heaven where he sits at the right hand of God. Let me tell you, Jesus won and the devil lost. And he lost then. He was defeated then. He lost then. He didn't win then, and he doesn't have to win today in our life. He does not have to win in our home. He does not have to win in our children's life. You see, God has a plan for your life. And while the devil does too, his plan is greater. God's plan for your life is even greater. His desire, like I said, is that you would be blessed. His desire is that Jesus would be at the center of your life. His desire is that Jesus would be passed down to your children. His desire is that Jesus would be passed down to your children's children. His desire is that you would have peace in your relationships. That you would have joy in the midst of your circumstances. That you would experience the love of God this season. That's his plan. That you would be blessed. And I love what um, verses 13 and 15 say. In Matthew, it says, Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. When I read this, the you, the, the one thing that stuck out to me is that God will always provide and protect his plan for your life. He will always provide and protect his plan for your life. His plan. Because God has a plan for your life and he will do everything he can to ensure that it succeeds. You know, God provided a way for Joseph and Mary to protect baby Jesus from Herod's evil rule. And while the devil wanted that child dead, God wasn't going to let that happen. It was his plan. He was going to make sure that it happened. And the same is true in your life. His plan for your life, as we, as, when you walk it out, he will do everything he can to protect and provide, to, to ensure, he, he, excuse me, he will always provide and protect his plan for your life. 
That is what he will do. Now, not my plan. There's a difference between my plan and his plan. Whenever, I, whenever I'm living out God's plan for my life, to do the things that God has called me to do, to do the things that he's commanded me to do, he will, prov- he will provide and protect, do everything he can to provide and protect his plan for your life. God's plan is that Jesus would be the center of it all. Jesus truly, he is truly the reason for the season. Amen. He is the reason for the season. So three takeaways for us this Christmas. Let us, number one, let us keep Jesus as the reason for the season. As believers, as people who are leaders of our home or Christians in our families, in our homes, let us do everything we can to keep Jesus as the reason for the season. When Jesus was born, the devil did everything he could to remove Jesus from the picture. And he wants to do the same thing in your family. He wants to do the same thing in your relationships. He wants to do the same thing in your life. So along with all the festivities, along with all the the food and in the family and all those things, let us partner with God to keep Jesus at the middle, to keep him as the reason for the season. Whether it's taking a moment to read the Christmas story, whether it's taking a moment to, to, to be thankful for what Jesus has done, whether it's just talking about it, whatever it may be, let's find a way to keep Jesus as the reason for the season. Amen? Number two, this Christmas, let us give to God what the devil meant to destroy. Let us give to God what the devil meant to destroy. You know, I, I've, I've, I've lived long enough to realize that Christmas is not easy. It's not always easy for everyone. Just this past uh, Thanksgiving, I got to go see my Uncle Ralph, who, uh, uh, who lives in uh, Missouri now, but he's from Leavenworth, and they've gone through it. You know, they lost their home in a fire and all these things, but the biggest of these was my Aunt Laura. You know, she was the rock in our family. You know, every Sunday we went to their house after church. You know, every, every holiday we went to their house. And whenever she passed away about 20 years ago, that was probably one of the hardest things. And ever since then, every holiday, especially Christmas, has always been hard for him. And when I went to go see him, you know, that was the thing that was on his heart. You know, he's, you know he, he, he served in Vietnam and he, you know, you know, he's gone through all these things. But you could see his heart was heavy. You know, I, I know that Christmas is not always easy for everyone. It can be a time of hurt and a time of pain and a time of mourning. And the devil wants to use these things to blind us. He wants to do these things to try. He'll try. He'll try to drive our hearts away from God. But there's an opportunity for us to take those hurts, to take those doubts, those questions that we feel like will never be answered, to take those things and give them to God, to give them to him this season. I love what Romans 8.28 says. That we know that all things work together for the good of those who love God and to those who are called according to his purpose. You know, that's the good times. That's the good things. The things that are going great, but it's also talking about the difficult times. It's also talking about the times that are, that, 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 that are not so pleasant. And he is taking all of those 
And the Bible says that he is reshaping them, molding them and reshaping them into something that is good for you. But we have to give those things to him. This Christmas, let me encourage you to to take a step and to give whatever that may be. Give those things to the Lord. Give those things to God and allow him to take time to reshape those things into something good for your life. Amen? Amen. He is molding and reshaping them into something that is good for you. And number three, allow God to fulfill his plan in your life. Allow God to fulfill his plan for your life. As we have heard today, God has a plan. As we've heard for years, God has a plan, but so does the devil. And God wants to fulfill his plan in your life. That's his desire. He just needs us to work with him. The devil wants to fulfill his plan in your life as well. And all he needs is for you to work with him. That's all he needs. However, we have an opportunity to partner with God. He is looking for someone in your family to work with him, to partner with him. That person can be you. Let us trust God and work with him to fulfill his plan in our life. But more importantly, let us allow God to use us to fulfill his plan in someone else's life this Christmas. You know, what may be complaining, what may be arguing, what may be something that it could just be a frustration where they just need to get something out. They just need to get something out. They just need somebody to listen to them. They don't need anybody to, to argue with them. Just somebody to say, you know what, hey, man, I can see that. Man, they'll turn the tables real fast. And I know, it from, I know that from experience. Sometimes people just need someone to listen to them. You know, just yesterday I went to, uh, you know, I went to play basketball. You know, my, my family, they're in Dallas right now. So I had, you know, I, you know, I, you know I, had a, I had an opportunity, you know, to go play basketball. So I did. And there was this little kid. And this kid was like 12 years old just cussing up a storm. And I'm like thinking, what in the world is up with this kid? And all these guys were like, ah, yeah, yeah. And I stopped. I looked at him. I was like, hey, man, bro, you, you ain't got to do that, man. That, that's not cool, man. He was like, what, are you trying to be my dad? And I'm like, nah, man. I'm not trying to be your dad, but I'm just trying to tell you, man. Ah, whatever. Well, later on, he came back around, and I was like, man, you understand what I'm saying? And all of a sudden, this kid who was trying to be cool, who was trying to be all this stuff, turned around, and he was like, I was like, man, you're a good kid, man. Man, don't, don't, don't be acting like that, man. Don't, don't be trying to act like everyone else. All of a sudden, hey, thank you, Mr. Marcus. I appreciate that. Hey, can I get something for you? Hey, hey do you, make sure you get your ID before you leave. I mean, all of a sudden, this kid changed. All he needed was for someone to just to believe in him. And also that day, there's a guy that I've been running into for, for years. And we were talking after playing basketball. And I just felt the unction, man, just to talk to him. His name is Jared. And we were talking, and he was talking about all, all the things that he's been going through. And I felt the need to share Jesus with him. And he grew up in church, going to a Catholic church, but he never really understood. He knew that Jesus died for him, but he didn't understand it. Well, I explained to him. And it was kind of awkward for him because other people were listening, you know, I, I think it's great. And he wanted to pray. He prayed the prayer to, rec- uh, to receive Christ right there on the bleachers around everyone else at that basketball court. After hooping and playing basketball a day, that day he gave his life to Jesus. He got saved right there. 
And that young man, you know, when you think about it, praying for him, you know, he recently lost his three-month-old baby, three-month-old daughter. You know, his, his wife and him, you know, were going through issues, and so he wasn't there. And it, it, it has just been weighing on him. And I encouraged him, you know, to go in church. You know, I, you know, I encouraged him and, you know, to not let this seed, you know, be stolen. But that day he got saved. And I believe that God wants to use us, to use us to accomplish his plan in someone else's life this season. Sometimes, as Pastor Ron said, this was in my mind, Pastor Ron, that sometimes people are right there at the edge, ready to be saved. I think that's what you said. People are right there, they're ready. All we got to do is share Jesus with them. Let me encourage you to allow God to fulfill his plan in your life this season. And also allow God to use you to fulfill his plan in someone else's life as well. Amen? Let's pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, that you are the reason for this season. You are. And God, I pray that this Christmas, in the midst of all the tradition and the fun, that we find a way, God, to keep you in the middle. Lord, that we find a way to, to, to make you the center of Christmas, Father God, that that, that we would take time to worship you, to honor you, and to thank you for all that you've done for us, Lord. And I pray, God, that you would help us, Lord Jesus, God, to keep you at the middle, Lord. God, you would help us, God, to, God, to give to, to you, God, to give to you, God, the things, Lord, God, that the devil meant to destroy us. And, God, that we would allow you, God, to work in our life, God, and, God, that, you, and God that we would be the people, God, that you use, Father God, to reach someone else, Father. God, made this season be a season about you. God, we thank you and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us for this incredible word from Pastor Marcus Dunham. Visit cotr.com and subscribe to our social media platforms to stay up to date. As well, receive more encouraging messages from our pastors and details of the work we're doing both in our community and communities like ours around the world. Today and every day, God bless.